You are now experiencing the roller coaster known as country music. Sit back, relax, keep your hands and feet inside the vehicle at all times, fasten your seat belts, and be sure to tip your waiters and waitresses. Now, without further ado, your guides, Ryan and Jordan. This is the Country Music Critic. Here we are, one episode away from the finale of George and Tammy. I will say so far, I mean, I've got a lot of mixed emotions about George Jones. And Tammy, really. Yeah, because I never pegged her to be such a superstar. Right. She carried a lot of the finances, a lot of the fame. Yeah. He did introduce her to it. Right. I think without George, she's not as big. No. But I do feel like she was probably the more talented star. Well... This episode right here, really, it paints a picture of the disaster that they were both mentally stuck in. And if you think around the time, 1978, we did not have an inside look at everybody's lifestyle like we do now. Right. You can almost judge a person by going to their Facebook and their Instagram. Everybody lives in a glass house now. Yeah, if they're dirty, if they're nice, if they, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, you can find a lot out. But in 78, you only seen what you seen if you were there. You only seen what they wanted you to see. That's And there was a lot of benefits to that. Yeah, because, I I mean, how many times in the show has Tammy said, if this gets out, I'm done? Yes, because she was worried to death yeah. what other people would think of her. If somebody knew she tried to commit suicide, oh, she's done. Yeah. If somebody knew about her addiction to pain yeah, medication, she's done. Yep. If somebody knew that she had been divorced all those times before George and that she would cheated, and she's done. Yeah, especially those photos. When he tried to blackmail her? Yeah. Anyways, this episode is called The Two-Story House, but I also like to name it myself The Aftermath of the Divorce because that's what it is. Here we are, 1978, which is three years after George and Tammy's divorce. It kind of skipped forward three years. She's doing well. She seems reasonably happy on the outside looking in. Though we can't say the same thing for George. He's okay financially. He's opened his own little bar in Nashville called the Possum Holler, which he also got thrown out of years down the road for being too drunk and rowdy. So he's kind of doing his own thing at his bar. He said he's making hand over fist money. But Peanut is in a different light. Peanut, who should have played George, by the way, is (laughs) saying, you know, George... You're a sinner. We're not going to let you in our home drinking. And I'm going to ask God to forgive you. And he even prays over him. He tries his best to pull George towards God, but he's like, God don't want me. Yeah. In George's mind, that's what he's thinking. That's a lot of, like a lot of times you hear that excuse for people. That's what they say. Is that, well, I can't do that because the Lord don't want somebody like me. Yeah. But the Lord always goes for the ones who are in yeah. the least desirable situations. And I'm no prize winner. Right. I'm and not George, either. I mean, I mean, uh, God loves me. 
you know? Yeah. And oh, I'm yeah. no prize. He used at to sit all. with the tax collectors and. Yeah, that's what people don't understand. Yeah. Everybody's I mean, like, oh, a bunch of hypocrites. No, they're not no. hypocrites. We're all sinners. Everybody. Every single person out there so. is a sinner. Speaking of that, I got into it with this guy on Facebook, as I sometimes do. This lady shared a photo of the jail that gave the inmates Christmas cookies and, like, an extra pack of orange juice to put in their water. And it was the Christmas tree cakes, you know, that always come around that are so famous. Little Debbie. Yeah. And they're like, you know, we're just giving them a little holiday cheer. It's Christmas time. And somebody comments, they deserve to have nothing. They put their self first. Well, yeah, they did. They know that. Mm -hmm. We know that. But who are you Mm -hmm. to deny them a little bit of peace of mind? A little bit of compassion. There's two kinds of people in this world. People who got caught doing wrong and people who have not got caught doing wrong. That's it. We've all done wrong. It's have you been caught or have you not? Well, I don't know we've all have, but I know what you're saying. Well, yeah, I mean, you've run a red light before. You've told a lie before. You have deceived somebody before. Yeah. Everybody, you either got caught or you didn't. That's the difference when it comes to the jail. But anyways, I got off that rant real quick (laughs) because I made the decision that I could not express to this guy that he is not in a place to judge. Nobody is taller than the other. No, that's that's one of the things you can't really get in online beefs, arguments, or, you know, whatever you want to call it, because the you know, people on on there aren't looking to change their mind. You no, know? no, they're done set in their ways. Yeah. Now, if you talk to them face to face, oh, you get a different person. It's a whole different person. It's a different reaction. But because when you're behind the screen. Your thumbs, if it's by phone or your you know, you know, keyboard, your fingers have a gigantic set of balls because there's no repercussions for what you say. Yeah. But in, in, in real life and in person, which is you know, something a lot of people don't live in these days, you have to face reality. And not everything that you say, not everything that comes out of your, your head or your mouth is right. And... It has consequences. Yes. Sometimes it'll knock you on your ass. And especially when they see how big I am in person. I mean, they really start to backpedal. <laughs> Just saying. Because they think a whole band of little people are going <laughs> to run around is like some kind of I got prank. a posse. <laughs> yeah. So here we are with Tammy. Her pain has not got any better. Even after multiple surgeries. The doctor recommends painkillers. But as a lot of people know, your body builds up a tolerance. Yeah. Do you think, you know, quick question. I know she was in some pain. Do you think, like, she kind of acted that up a little bit? Like, well, she acted like it was worse than it actually was? Without a doubt. Yeah. And I'll tell you a time that that's what really proved do. it. Yeah. When she was in the drugstore. And yeah, she yeah. takes the glasses off and uses her fame yeah, yeah. to get the prescription, without yeah. a doubt. Because the way an addict thinks, you can be on the couch dope sick. 
But when the dealer says, let's meet at 10, mm-hmm. you instantly feel just a little bit better. Yeah, a lot better, a lot more energy. Without even taking the drug. Yeah. Like, you feel enough to go ahead, get up, get ready, go meet them. Yeah. By the way, they're never on time. No. Never met a drug dealer that was on time. But <laughs> it, it is not a trustworthy mental. either. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. But um, it's a mental thing. And I really think she so. thought, and she found some comfort because she's dealing with George. She don't know how to keep him on the same page. Mm-hmm. Even though she loves him, she gave up a lot to be with him. And she has all this pressure that she would be nobody without him. So that's her little form of escape. That's her crutch. Yes. Just like George's alcohol, she, you know, she's got her pain medicine. And as most people know with people who are addicted to pills, one will work, but two's not enough. One will work, and a hundred is not enough. One's you know? too many, and a million's not enough. That's yeah, what that's I've more always like said. It, yeah. you know? And so they suggest take it through a syringe. She's not cool with that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that I could ever do that. I don't. I've <laughs> never done that. Thank God. Uh, knock on wood. I Which thought about doing I'm steroids once, once upon a time. <laughs> like, man, that would make me. That's when I used to work out. Like, it'd be so much quicker for me. I'd get gigantic, ripped. You know, I would be huge. I could never no shoot myself <laughs> with anything. I remember being a teenager, and I was sick, and I was in the ER, and they're like, well, we're going to have to draw some blood. And I'm like, can I pick a mosquito bite scab open and push it out that way? Because that's how terrified I am of needles. And I have a awful tattoo on the side of my arm. I don't know how I got it, which yeah. I was intoxicated. Well, but, You yeah. don't really think about it like that. It, that it, see, the thing with a tattoo, it doesn't go real far still though it's a needle it is but it's a bunch of needles i'm I'm just not a fan of needles the breaking of the skin like i'm the type of person that turn away in the movies when they show the fake needle going i cannot stand that i cannot watch it i can't watch it either no when it's fake i I cannot watch i can't watch it with somebody else i don't like it when it gets done to me but i can take it I, I don't like it when it's my kids getting a shot. That kills me. Yeah, because I have to look away for them. And they start screaming instantly, and it's yeah. awful. But I I remember when I was in fourth or fifth grade, I got a shot. I don't know if it was like a yeah, vaccine or something, but I got a shot, and I kicked the dog shit out of the nurse that gave it to me. Oh, it was Lord. in my doctor's office. My mom, she was like, what are you doing, Jordan? It's like, I don't want well, it. was just a reaction. Like, I didn't realize that I was kicking, yeah. but I did. I kicked the shit out of her. Well. Right in the titty. That is awful. <laughs> in this episode, we really find out how manipulative, and I know yeah, I'm manipulative. that wrong. Yeah, manipulative. George Ritchie is. They're yeah. sitting at the piano. They're writing a song, and he makes a move on her. And she's shocked. He's an he, opportunist. Yeah, he confesses his feelings for her. Mm-hmm. And she basically says, you know, I can't do Sheila wrong. My right. best friend, your wife, I cannot do her that way. Well, there's a lot of, uh, if you go back and you think at that point, you, you think about the first, not necessarily the first episode, but the the next 
three episodes, the second, the third, and the fourth, you notice yeah, George Ritchie, everything he does has kind of got a purpose to it. Oh, yeah. He's, he's yeah. extremely conniving. He's only thinking about himself. And you can tell he's up to something the whole time. I love the actor who plays him. Yeah, I love that, that guy. Yeah, as I, a person. I yeah. wish that he wasn't in that role, but he is, so here we are. Um, but you can tell he's kind of up to something. He's got he's got an ace up his sleeve, you know. He He's all worried about you know, uh, George and Tammy getting the divorce. He works with the lawyer to get all the papers drawn up. You know, that's, that's a flag there because he's supposed to be Supporting for both of them, yeah. yeah, but yet he's he's like, no, you need to get out. You need to get out of the thing that made you famous, Tammy. You need to get out of that. You need to separate yourself from George. It was an opportunity for him to to yeah you know, weasel his way in. Yeah, and as he makes that move, and she realizes how much he does care for her, she looks at it as an opportunity. Will you be the one to inject me? Right. So he does. Yep. And then in her drug induced state. They sleep together. Yeah. Which, I mean, technically, if you want to get real about it, that's right. Yeah, and, I mean, this is probably the only time that Tammy felt any relief from the pain. Mm -hmm. And she tries to look at Richie as, like, a a savior. But while she's seeing him, she also starts to work with George again. Yeah. Which brings back those feelings. They decide that they're going to have a partnership and despite the divorce, she was right. They recorded beautiful songs together. And the, the magic between them, it could not be turned off every time that they were together. And George is in this state to where he's in a bar and he's doing cocaine left and right. And mm-hmm. he sees a girl that somewhat resembles Tammy. But in his mind, yeah. he thinks, she's came back to me. That's I mean that's, that's what kinda, he thinks. That's kind of wild. I don't know if you've ever experienced that when you are in like a long-term relationship and then like you're in just a random place later on after that relationship ends and you see somebody at a distance you're like, "Oh, that's that's her." Yeah. But then when you get up on her like, "No, that's not her." Yeah. But it's happened to me before. That's how it is. Because that's what a broken heart will do to you too. Uh you kind of in your you know, brain, you want it to be that person. Or to flip that, you're afraid it's that person because maybe it was a bad situation and you distance yourself from her you know, <laughs> because you needed to or because you had to. But at any rate, like you do that because that person is burned into your brain and they're never going to leave. eventually they are going to fade. But when it's fresh like that, especially something you were married to, I can't imagine it would be so inburnt, like so imprinted in your brain that you're not, you're not going to go very long without, you know, thinking you see her or, you know, thinking about something like something that she would say, her voice, you hear it in a distance but it won't be her. It'll just be something kind of you know, similar. Or you see her car somewhere. It always happens. I like that aspect of the show because it kind of showed his 
you know, love for her, and it kind of showed what he was going through mentally at that time. Yeah. Um, honestly, I didn't realize he got into, you know, cocaine. Yeah. I didn't yeah, realize. Did. I'm, I'm, I mean, I kind of figured he did. Like, I kind of figured it. I mean, at that time, there was a cocaine boom all yeah. over the world, especially in the United States yeah, with uh, celebrities and stuff. So it makes sense. Well, so she's on tour with George. Everything's going fine. Mr. Uh, Richie's trying to ease his way in at any moment possible. Mm -hmm. And she's in an interview where everybody knows she's single. Even Burt Reynolds is trying to hook up with her. I mean, and then she starts getting these things spray-painted on her door. Mm -hmm. And at the time, we didn't know who who was doing it. So Richie offers, hey, I'll stay here and protect you. Yeah. Just another little way for him to weasel himself in. So he openly confesses to his wife, Sheila, that he's sleeping with Tammy. Tammy is on the bus after a show, and Sheila has such low self-esteem about herself that she is unable to blame Tammy for the affair. And that's kind of understandable, you know. Yeah, I mean, like. She sees Tammy as an icon, and she was. She also sees her as her best friend, and she doesn't want to kind of, you know, uh, she don't want to put any of the responsibility on her. Yeah. But that's, it has to be, that's something I wanted to bring up. I've seen in the credits of the show who they went to for some of the information to make sure they got it right. And they went to uh, Georgette. Yeah. They went to their daughter for accuracy in the situation. And when I seen that, it blew me away. Like, you mean all this is actually true? Oh, yeah. Like, that's heartbreaking. It's very heartbreaking. So... Richie says, come on, let me take you home to Sheila. They get out to the car, and she's like, I just didn't, you know, why didn't I tell her that you were the one spraying it on her door? And, I mean, they stayed married till the day she died. You know she had to find out about that eventually. Yeah. It's not like this has just now been revealed Mm -hmm. that he did that shit. Yeah. But... He was injecting her. He was giving her the medication that she thought she needed. That's what you call entrapment. Yes. He was providing her a solace. He was you know, <clears throat> stretching out an olive branch, and she needed that olive branch because she needed those injections. He supplied her with that. He supplied her with the privacy of her getting those shots. He also was giving her protection from the quote unquote uh rabid fans who weren't happy about her and George you know, getting uh, divorced and thinking that Tammy was a slut or a whore. The fact of the matter is he created that situation. He did. And he did that to draw Tammy in closer to where she would feel like she had to have him. Yeah. Because not only was he, you know, giving her protection, but he was shooting her up with her pain medicine. So yeah, basically, at the end of this episode, we see it all culminate until 
the fact that she now has uh, Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah. She has been, for lack of a better term, kidnapped by George Ritchie. Without a doubt. He trapped her. She is now in a situation where if she tries to leave George Ritchie, he can destroy her whole world, her whole career, her whole life. Destroy. He has her in the palm of his hand. And basically, she knows that. So she has no choice but to do his little dance. Yeah. She has to stay there with you know, uh, uh, Richie, or she's not going to be in the situation with her career that she wants to be, and it's all going to go away. He has entrapped her, and Tammy feels like there's no option for her but to stay uh, uh, with George. But you know, you know Richie, you know, to be specific, but if all that hadn't happened, if all that hadn't happened, I think she would have went back with you know, George Jones. Without a doubt, because they're on the bus, and this is one of the moments that I wished George would have just beat Richie's ass. He's on the bus. They're having a real intimate moment, and... Tammy feels safe with George to an extent, not enough to where she can say that she's wrapped up in needles now, but she's going to give George a fresh haircut. George Ritchie walks on the bus and he's like, I need a little bit trimmed up. By the way, George, here's your money. You've never made this much money and this all put together as well recently until I did all this. But hey, Tammy, I need you to take care of me. I know you're George Jones, but I need you to take care of me. And yep. George Jones at the time is shocked because he never seen this coming. No, because he kind of viewed Richie as a you know, pushover. Yes, which exactly. Which he always was. And so Richie had a little yep. leg up. He had a little bit of, uh, I, I guess, panache. I feel like had she told Jones the truth, hey, yeah. I'm on the needle and he's kind of helping me with it, George Jones would have took care of it like he did with the photos. He would have took care of the situation for Tammy. He would have done anything for Tammy. But she's in that that drugging state to where she doesn't realize right. it. So his way of getting back at the situation, he goes <laughs> on stage and performs for two hours. Mm-hmm. They cut the lights. They cut the sound. He keeps performing. Yep. Because he is pissed. He is heartbroken. And at this point, he realizes He's probably lost her for good because yeah. she's going to marry George Ritchie. Mm-hmm. So he goes to Peanut's house because that's his best friend. And and, and yeah. I feel like he kind of wants a shoulder to cry on, but he doesn't get that from Peanut. Instead, it ends with an altercation of him firing a gun at his head, Yeah, which kind of puts out a, a warrant on him. Oh, it would have to. And so here we are at the wedding. Now, I must say, there was not a lot of people at this wedding that seen how drugged up she was, how she did not belong with George Ritchie. Her no. daughters, her best friends, and George Ritchie is just letting it happen, yeah. trying to imagine that he is doing the right thing when he's not. Anybody that would have been there that day would have seen if it was like the movie. Yeah. She was out of her mind. Oh, for sure. I mean, how does a wedding like that even... How is it even just? Because you are not in your sane mind. Mm-mm. And 
George is watching from a distance. And that's just George. And the daughter sees it. Yeah. Yeah. And then as soon as the state police see it, they're on him. And he's like, let's do this. And he gives them a run for their money. And that draws us to an end. But I feel like this episode is just so much heartache. Like, it would take God to fix all these situations. Yeah, it would. Um, Because who do they trust? It's hard to trust anybody in that situation, even now. Yeah, because they're wanting the money, or they're wanting to sleep with her, or, Mm -hmm. you know, they're wanting to sleep with George Jones. I mean, there's nobody for them to trust. They're wanting power or money. And there were so many people keeping them apart because they were making money off of it. Yeah, because they benefited if they stayed apart. It's that's a product of the industry. That's ultimately it. Still happens today. Like yeah. people, you know, artists are, you know, basically puppets. They're told to do this. They're you know, told to do that. But if they do anything on their own, they upset somebody in their circle because they're not, you know, benefiting you know, them at all. And that you're going to get that with the industry, no matter if you're an actor. It doesn't matter if you're an entertainer, you get paid to entertain, you're a singer, you're an athlete, you know, whatever. You have a lot of people on your payroll. And every time you screw up, you affect all these families. Right. All these individuals, uh, companies, basically. You know, you, you have a few country music couples who make it, like Tim McGraw and Faith mm-hmm. Hill. Then we had Blake and Miranda, and at the time, Blake wasn't on an uphill climb. She was, Miranda was, but I feel like their marriage kind of catapulted him a little bit. He may have still been as big as he was, but Mm. one of the reasons for their divorce that she went on TV to say was because he was so consumed with wanting to be famous. Right. Like, that's all he wanted to do was yeah. be famous. And to do that, you have to give everything that you have. And I think that kind of pulled them apart because, as you see in her marriage now, they go on camping trips. Yeah. No security, no nothing. They get in the right. Z71, pull behind a silver travel trailer, yeah. and they do their life, and she's okay with that. Right. But he's not. But now... He stepped off of the voice. He's, he kind of wants to be a dad, and he's kind of cooling it down after he's made a gazillion dollars. Right. But I feel like in the music industry, do they feel safe marrying another artist because they can understand the life? Or is it smart to marry someone who is not a star? Uh, I think it's yeah, smart like to marry the right one. Yeah. Like with Carrie Underwood, it seems like you know, her hockey playing you know, husband, he's retired now, but it seemed to be a good fit. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know the situation. At the beginning, yeah, but there is some rumors circling around that that he's wanting to, he feels like he had to put a lot of his after career on hold. Like he, want his, he wanted to be a coach. He wanted to mm. do stuff, but he keeps saying that he has to go on the road and take care of the kids because well, she won't let a 
uh, a, a nanny do that, a professional nanny? I'll say this. He was not an all-star. He was That's not what a, I was thinking. He, he was just. She kind of he helped him okay. by she getting did. married. You know? She did. He he did not stand out on yeah. the ice. He was a good player, or he wouldn't have been in the pros. But he was not. Yeah. He wasn't anything compared to like Sidney Crosby or any of those. But it's it's basically she did not go after a star. She went after just a regular player. I don't know. It just seemed like a situation where. Um, there was love there. Obviously, yeah. he's attracted to her. She's gorgeous. But um, I mean, you look at other artists. You know, uh, Jason Aldean, he left his high school sweetheart for the girl that was <laughs> on the show. Uh, but that's, I mean, we've talked about that. It's, I think you can try to find comfort in certain situations like if if you marry somebody famous you know obviously you're gonna have some you know semblance of uh, fame yourself you're gonna have a little bit of power extra money because that's just what comes with it but i don't think that it improves your life it makes it that much more difficult because you're having to deal with not caring about the person that you're with to the point that you need to yeah, and that's like with Garth and Trisha. Yeah. Okay. I feel like they are meant to be together. Without a doubt, but you don't ever see them perform without each other. You don't see Trisha going out on her own tour, but right. she's made a name of herself to where she doesn't really have to. Right. She wasn't near the star he was ever. Oh, no. So that's kind of understandable. Uh I had thought about somebody, but I can't remember. Nicole Kidman and Keith Irvin. Yeah. She is an outstanding wife, according to what I know. Right. You don't know anything unless you live with them. Yeah. But she has supported him through his addiction in and out and yeah. multiple times said, hey, this is it. I'm leaving if you don't get clean. And he finally done it. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like if I was famous, there's benefits to marrying another star. Yeah. She knows how to pick them. She picked Tom Cruise. He's a psychotic. He's yeah. That, he's in the Church of Scientology that yeah. you never know who they're going to kill uh, next. I don't know. I wonder where all the bodies are hidden. But. What's that thing that some stars yell that there's like a sick, what's it, the Illuminati? The Illuminati, Do yeah. you believe in that? I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. It's, if, if it's real, it's been around since. They formed, you know, the Vatican. Yeah. Uh, is what they say. I don't know. I don't know anything about it. But I was thinking about Dolly Parton and her husband. Which a lot of people don't even know his name. No. I can't think of it right now. Yeah. If you said it, I would know. It's surprising she never had kids. I don't know if it's surprising or not. But I think she, she did looks say at everybody is her kid. Now. She did, but she did say that she felt like she couldn't give it all because she's so busy. Yeah, you know, which makes sense. She, she's one of those people who is. She is the epitome of what a star should be. Yeah. She's a great entertainer. She's a great person. Jeff Bezos just gave her a hundred million to give away. Yeah. Did you see that? I didn't. Yeah, she was uh, the recipient of $100 million to give away. Here's something that I feel like is bullshit. 
nowadays, if you marry someone that is famous mm-hmm. within six months, you can become your own influencer just yeah. because you're that person's spouse. Yeah. And I believe, like with Brittany Aldean, there is no way she would be a big influencer that she is now no. had she not married Jason. Right. You know? And she's beautiful, don't get me wrong. But there's been a few rumors about mm-hmm. him recently. It was a DJ out in Iowa who said that they went out on a dinner together and Jason would not address the waiter. Like, the he would tell his wife what, she, what he wanted. Mm-hmm. She would then tell the waiter. Mm-hmm. And that's I've heard that story two or three times now from different situations. I hope to God it's not true. Because how could you be such a prick to where you would not look at the waiter and tell him what you want unless you go through your wife? Right. You know? That's and I weird. hope not because I'm such a fan. Right. Of Jason out That's there. weird. Yeah. I mean, I used That's to do that. That's what's circling around. I used to do that just because it wasn't because I thought I was too good to talk to the waiter. It was because I was afraid I was going to stutter. So I would tell my my wife or my girlfriend what I wanted so they could yeah, tell it. But, really? Yeah. I'll tell you something. I tried the, I'm going to say this wrong, the Bourbon Street Steak at Applebee's. <laughs> wow. It was the first steak that I did not need sauce. Like, the steak was good enough yeah. where you didn't need any A1. Not, not had very many steaks if you've not had one before that don't need sauce. I could grill you one up that you'd love. No, I, like, that's a compliment. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's a so, very big the, compliment. The yeah. meat is so good that you, yeah. and, like, we have another place called Little Taste of Texas in Glasgow. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more expensive. It is very expensive, <laughs> but their steaks are good. Yeah. But this was the first time that I ever ate one to where I did not want to dip it in something extra. Yeah, you know, it was just it was great. I like steak sauce. I like the way it tastes, but I don't like using it. But, I like it on eggs. But when I ordered it, I thought of that damn more or uh, Walker Hayes song. Yeah, yeah the Bourbon yeah. Street steak. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I do want to circle back to the episode one more time. You know how we were talking about George Ritchie and how he kind of trapped yeah you know, Tammy and that whole situation. Have you ever been yeah you know, trapped by? Somebody. Trapped. As in what? As in, like, somebody held something over your head so you could not do what you actually wanted to do. You had to go along with it. With that, absolutely. The the job that I had before this, Mm -hmm. multiple times they would say, well, he's got a criminal record. He's not going to do any better anywhere. And, you know, he's going to be here forever because he can't do better. And right. I did do better. Yeah. You know, they kind of made me feel like I wasn't worthy enough to be in their situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the place that I used to work at that I thought would help my reputation and make me a better person. Right. Because I was told all these things in the beginning. Oh, yeah. And they all turned out to be hypocrites. Yeah. I had a, I was in a relationship. This was uh, almost, it'll be 13 years ago, starting in May. Or June, but I just moved to Indiana. I had a, a leg injury. <clears throat> uh, I was a store manager of a sports store up there. I met a, uh, a girl. It was a whole. It was a weird situation. But within the first month, she tells me she's pregnant, and she shows me 
an ultrasound photo of triplets. Wow. On her phone. She showed it to me. She said, this was like a month after we'd started dating. Look, you can read into that what you will. But, um, so here I thought, oh, man. Did you tell your parents? Not at first. I eventually did. That was a whole other situation. It was awful. I want to I wanna say this. If you're ever in a relationship and that person you're with makes you feel like you need to distance yourself from your family, then you don't need to be with that person. If they ever put you in a place where um, talking to your family, your parents, or your you know, siblings, or anything like where it's awkward, you don't you don't need to be in that because that's not that's not healthy. It's not healthy for you. It's not healthy you know for them because they're kind of trying to be like you know, Mr. Richie. Um, they're kind of uh, uh, trying to trap you. The thing is, anytime I would talk to her, uh, you know, about the pregnancy. She would say, I don't have anything scheduled, like as far as a doctor's appointment, because I wanted to go. I wanted to be involved. I wanted to be there. So uh, I said, the next time you have an appointment, because I know they have appointments every month, basically, just you know, check on things, you know, see how things are going. I At that point, I didn't have any kids. Um, so the next month rolled around, and conveniently, I say, I say that, but uh, her appointment, was you know, scheduled for one day we get there we walk in and she didn't have an appointment and like actually we don't even have you in the system at all I'm like oh okay she's like well they must have forgot wrong day she knew what she was doing she was never pregnant ladies and gentlemen she was never pregnant she was telling me she was so she could hold me in her in the palm of her hand like a marionette and I was a little puppet and I was just dancing around doing all that she asked me to do I got I, I would buy her everything she needed you know she lived in my house um I took care of her existing kids she had two kids um she was basically controlling my whole life and I didn't realize it because when I was there I was living away from home yeah. like yeah you know, five hours away from home I didn't know anybody else there, just the people I worked with. And now I was their boss. They're not going to tell me something, you know, oh, you're doing this wrong. They're not going to tell me because I'm new to them too. So I didn't really know them. She saw the situation and she took advantage of it. And because of that, my life at that point got was so messed up. I started looking at things completely different and I let things affect me that normally wouldn't or stuff that shouldn't affect me. I would let it like, you know, dictate every part of my life. Like I, she caused me so much mental anguish that I lost. It was like, 45 pounds I lost in like three weeks. And it wasn't because 
I wasn't doing drugs. Right. I wasn't eating. I couldn't eat. I was so stressed I couldn't eat. Like every time I would you know, think about, well, I need to get some food, I wouldn't eat because I couldn't. I had everything going through my head. Like I, and I'm not even going to mention like some of the stuff she would she would do to hold over my head. It's just yeah, too messed up, and that's a whole another podcast. But so, so was she never pregnant? Never. So how did she get the photo? Uh, a simple Google search. Are you serious? Yeah. the The first time, and see, I didn't. I trusted her because I didn't have anybody else there. Yeah. I didn't know I couldn't trust her. Um, so, so when you told your parents. It was such a. So when. Wait a minute. Because I'm lost here. So when did you find out that she wasn't pregnant? After. After the fact. Um, she went back with her ex. Well, she was yeah, still married to the whole time. But she never told she you didn't tell that me the she pregnant was, married. was fake yet. No, no, no. She didn't tell me. Her sister told me. So even when you guys said it's over by say you, you were under the impression she was still pregnant. No, no, no. She said she lost that one too. Oh, okay. She'd been uh, yeah, pregnant three times according to her at that point. The first time was with uh, triplets. The second time was with twins, and the last time was just one. Wow. It was the countdown. Three, two, one. Yeah, and it was all a lie. And I found out that um, it's actually around this time. It was around this time in 2011 um, is when I found out that it was all lies. What kind of work did she do for a living? She, the time she, well, that was kind of, she told me she. Well, a con was, artist. Yeah, she was a con artist. Yeah. She told me she was a registered nurse although she had never been to nursing school she said that uh she lied on her application and she was a nurse and they never questioned it and all that um but at the time she was working at a glass company up there um where they install like you know people have cracked windshields or whatever you know they would install that but she was you know controlling all that but so i understand what tammy went through with Aunt george ritchie because I went through the same thing, except I wasn't getting injections. I was just getting my 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 head and my heart just jerked around. Yeah, every day. Yeah, just, like you know it's bad for you, but you don't know how to stop. I I I know it's bad. I know it's I'm not helping myself at all, but I feel like it's my only thing because that's what a man's supposed to do. Yeah. Because if she's pregnant, I need to be there for her. I need to take care of everything. I need to drop anything that's going to impede on that because that's my child. Well, the moment that you knew that she was a con artist, was it easier to shut down the feelings that you had for her? Yeah. Or was it like you were trying to come up with excuses to be with her? Like I came up okay, with she'll excuses get better. for a couple months, even after I knew that she lied about the pregnancies. Um, it was a couple months but then eventually it was awkward around my parents because it would like the whole situation had became to the point where um, they didn't know if I was telling them you know, the truth because I had to lie for her a lot. Oh, Lord. I had to lie for her a lot. So how did you come clean with your parents? Did you tell them that she lost them. the baby? That I told it was them. never there? I told them everything. And then when I found out that it was a lie, I told them. I said, um, I don't. All I can do is apologize. I don't know. 
But the day and time that we live in now, yeah. you can't fake a pregnancy in the 60s. But nowadays, you can Google so much stuff. Yeah. Like, it is such a scary world mm-hmm. for our children. Yeah. Your boys may meet a psychotic woman. I know. And my girls may meet a crazy man. Yeah. You know? Uh, well, I mean, at this I, point, you don't know if it's a man or a woman, really. I feel like we're <laughs> all going to get a little bit of stuff that we cannot protect our children from. Uh, 100%. You know, we can just do our best to raise them, and I don't know. And that you know, kind of brings it back to you know, uh, Tammy's whole situation. She, at that time, if you were a man, you got listened to. If you were a woman, you didn't. No. So it didn't matter if she was to call him out. They'd be like, well, why are you taking injections? Why are you doing that? That's all. She would have got canceled, you know, in uh, today's terms. And, and she would have got canceled for her you know, pain injections and because she was a woman. Just because she was a woman. Well, her her mama, on her first divorce, yeah, because yeah. she left the guy, went and had her had those mental shocks. Yeah, which is crazy. Right. That you would do that to anybody. Yep. But the reason why was because she left. Yep. Yeah, I mean, and I truly feel like if she would have called George's bluff, George Ritchie, he would have done it, because he was that desperate. He would have told the world. Oh yeah. I, I don't think he used it as a scare tactic. I think he truly meant it. I, I think he seen it as if it was going to happen that way or it wasn't going to go right for him. So he was going to either you know get his way or he was going to end all of it. And I feel like the one good quality that George Jones did have, had it come out, he would have been perfectly fine oh, yeah. with taking Tammy, going to the farm, and never playing another show again. Oh, 100%. I but think she so. wanted to keep going. Yeah. That was the problem. She had the drive that George didn't yeah, when it comes that, to the that career. That he had done burn up. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. You know. Which I think he you know, reunites with that drive later. But Well, here's another thing. If all these things are true, and all these people around at the time seen that, why in the hell did she stay married to him till the day she died? He died in 2010, George Ritchie. Yeah. But if we all knew this about this guy, nobody done nothing. Right. So, I, I mean. I kind of feel like it was just, you know, that situation that yeah. they were in. And she probably still looked at everything the same way it was when she was growing up, you know. like And she, she didn't seen, want another divorce. Right. Because, you, know. you know, how are people going to think of her then? Right. Well, folks, that is it. Yeah, we kind of went. I went. I went off the rails. But it was good. <laughs> it was therapeutic. Yeah, it really was. You know, sometimes talking about something, get it off your yeah. chest, and that's what this is. It's about to talk to country music, yeah. talk about country music, and relate our experiences to that. Yeah. And if you guys got a story you want us to touch mm-hmm. base on, we'll do it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, we'd be happy to help share mm-hmm. anything. I felt a little bit of uh. You know, empathy. I did. I felt empathy for for uh, Tammy because I, it wasn't the same you know, type situation she was in. But um, yeah, I I felt it. One thing that I don't know if it's going to be in the very last episode is him and his uh, altercation with Joel, with uh, Porter Wagner. I'm in surprised the, they've not showed that in the yet. bathroom. Yeah, 
And it may or may not unfold. I don't think it will because here I, we are now. I feel like that situation after. has passed. Yeah, yeah I feel point. like too, too. Um, yeah, I didn't even mention this. I I know how Tammy feels about, you know, kind of being forced into marriage because she was like, you know, if we're going to raise this kid together, we need we need to be married. That's what that girl told That's you? That's what she told me. So she had a ring. Really? And you felt ring. like you had to say yes? Well... Well, you wanted to. I felt like it was my uh, Yeah, my you duty. had a child. It was my duty. Yeah. But did you know that she was uh, legally not divorced yet? No. Hmm. She lied about all that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You know so, how bad I uh, want to social, social media check this chick? I don't even know her last name. She's married now. Again, I don't know who she's married to. Man, I've been her real last name. Nah, it was. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She got a... She got a car with my dad's name on the title. Are you serious? I told you, man, it's deep. It was a deep situation. Wow. A lot of stuff happened. So it's basically like an ex-wife to an extent. Yeah, we were, we were never really married, but yeah. There's wow. a lot of a lot of tape, a lot of yellow tape and red tape wrapped around it. It was wow. a couple of years that kind of ruined my life for a little while. But This is what I tell my kids. Don't settle. You do not have to get married in your 20s no. to 30s. Late Mid-30s is the best time to get married. You're going to find out who you are, what that person likes, because mm -hmm. I was a huge concert goer. And then if you, you marry somebody who doesn't like to go to concerts and all that, I mean, you lose little things. Yeah. So do not get in a hurry to get married, folks. Mm -hmm. Take your time. Get to know them. Marry somebody who has the same goals as you. Yeah, and you're going to make mistakes in life. Absolutely. Just you know, make sure that your mistakes can't you know, constantly come out of your pocket and right. you know come back to haunt you because it can happen. It did to me. And simple, simply treat people the way you want to be treated. Yeah, the golden rule. And I feel like it comes back around every time. I agree. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. For listening to the review of episode five of George and Tammy. We appreciate everybody, each and all of you. You have a very happy and prosperous new year. May God bless you and your family. Remember to like, share, rate, review, follow. Tell everybody that you know to come and listen to us. If you have a request, hit us up on Facebook, The Country Music Critic. It's our group page. Until then, hasta mañana. This here podcast was prepared and accomplished by the Country Music Critic. The views and opinions expressed on the Country Music Critic are not necessarily those of the guests, sponsors, or anyone associated with the production of this here podcast. The Country Music Critic releases itself from all misrepresentation. Any information shared on this podcast was researched and obtained using the World Wide Web, a.k.a. the interweb. Comments made on the Country Music Critic are meant to be informative, comical, or just plain silly, and not meant to defame, asperse, Calumniate, slander, traduce, vilify, or be malign in any way. Why do you boys consistently make me say all them tough words? Don't like it. Thanks for joining us on the Country Music Critic, and we'll catch y'all next time.